0: And we are back. Welcome to SwitchCast Live. I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt, founder of SwitchCast and S- founder of SwitchCars. And SwitchCast is the podcast where we seek to educate, edify, and entertain you on the drive of your life. I will uh, let uh, the live listeners know, warn them that we've got some crazy storms in the area. So our Wi-Fi is not the strongest. So you may uh, see some interruptions in uh, the broadcast. Um we appreciate you sticking with us through all of that. But if you're unable to or we're unable to keep streaming, then by all means, check out switchcast.live where you can get caught up on past episodes and uh, download uh, the, the episodes there. So uh, if you're able to stay with us, we certainly appreciate it. and of course, we look forward to your questions and comments as we go. Uh, we are catching up on transport issues and how to best transport your car. I know we promised that for a couple weeks. We had a special guest come in, Jay Roberts, and uh, then I was out of commission last week dealing with some uh, uh, some throat issues. We'll say, I guess, so wasn't able to to run the podcast. But anyway, so it's a we'll say it's highly anticipated <laughs> episode. Uh, We told you all the horror stories of of, uh, transportation gone wrong last time, and now we're going to deal with uh, some of the underlying issues of the transport industry and how to avoid those issues, how to pick a good transporter and make sure your car gets there safely. So if you have any questions as we go that are topical, feel free. free to throw them in the chat, and we'll do our best to get to them tonight, although we do have a lot of material, and uh, if we run out of time, uh, we apologize, but we will try to go into the bonus round as usual with the tip talk after the pre-recorded or the recorded show. Speaking of pre-recorded, next week will be a pre-recorded show. We've got Bert Davidson from Cheddar Auto talking about uh, how best to maximize value when you sell your car, some strategies there. It's a great episode episode. I know not because I'm Nostradamus, but because we already recorded it tonight. So
1: (laughs) it's a good one. Stay tuned. It's a good one.
0: Tyler here with me tonight. He's monitoring YouTube and all the questions that come in there. So yeah, join us. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here. So before we get into the transport stuff um, <laughs> to keep you hanging just a little more. I promise we'll get to it tonight. But uh, I wanted to catch up on a few different news items and things that we've talked about over past episodes that need kind of wrapped up. Um, the The first one, I was pretty excited to see Patrick Dempsey's ex-Porsche GT3 RS up for sale again. It's a 2007 Black with orange graphics GT3 RS, and uh, there's lots of pictures of him online driving it around. In fact, he even pulled the front lip off of it to drive it around LA and like not get it scratched up. Nice, my freaking hero. Yeah, um, my sister has lower opinions of Patrick Dempsey that she's not afraid to share, but <laughs> anyway, um, has 36,000 miles and it's up in Canada. And uh, it did not sell on rent lists for I think they were asking 225 grand, so it's going to bring a trailer. So I,
1: I guess they were Mick dreaming with their asking price. <laughs> uh, well, I was just going to ask you what, because I feel like those RSs came in like the three main colors. I know there's others, but there's the the green, the orange, and the black. With yes. The Div- What's your favorite of those three? Mm. You a pumpkin guy. <laughs> I think I'm a frog guy. Fro- I think a frog yeah, guy, 100%. I think the green. that The Top Gear, like, best road challenge, I forget what series, but where Hammond has a a frog, like, oh, God, it's so good. That That's one of my favorite episodes of Top so th- Gear. This
0: this this bears an interesting discussion. I don't know if I used the right word there, but it, it begs an interesting discussion. Um, after I say it, somebody's going to come, and nobody was begging for this. <laughs> but, okay, right? So... The black on that car. I don't like black cars. Not because they don't look good. It's because they are a pain to keep clean. And I like to drive my cars and get them dirty. So it's just like I, I can't deal with black cars because I have a combination of OCD and I always want to use my cars. It just doesn't work. I'll be in a perpetual state of, of stress. This is why we get along. Um, but I don't think anything looks better than 997 GT3 RS in black with the ghost matte black graphics it looks oh. mean right but so black was the like third most common color on the 997 gt3rs but it's the least valuable like it's just not good for resale people will take any of the other five colors over black but on the 997.2 gt3rs black was a paint to sample color oh that's and right and they made i think either five or seven no they made i think they made seven paint to sample Black 997.2 GT3RS. So it's a zero cost standard option on 997.1, paint to sample on 997.2. However, because people don't like the 997.1 in black, the paint to sample black 997.2 doesn't carry the premium that the other paint to sample cars do. However, the 997.2 GT3RS 4 liter, they made black and white and the very few paint to sample. And because the black is rarer than white, black commands a huge premium. <laughs> this is why oh. Porsche people, I shouldn't say Porsche people are stupid, but this like, this is what's wrong with the whole resale value collector game, is that literally it's the same code A1 Schwartz on every single 997, and yet it's desirable one, undesirable on another, paint to sample on another. I think it's that is the
1: same dang color. That's the perfect encapsulation of like all of the R issues with like the market in general. It's just it's so right. dumb. It's the same black. Market drives people's desires instead of people just saying, "I like black. I don't like black." Yeah, it's wild to me that black was a paint a to sample too. Yeah, that's crazy. It's black. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to get. it well, oh. got entirely off topic already. Oh, way down,
0: way down the road. Holy crap! Seven minutes in. <laughs> It's gonna be a long night. All right. Uh, qu- quick follow up to the uh, stolen, not stolen G- Infinity G thirty seven that was for sale that we talked about. That had no title. It was for sale for five grand, and it was it was a terrible car. It was perfect for a you know street takeover or whatnot. Anyway, so it is not actually stolen. Uh, I did talk with a seller, and it is a salvage title, but it's owned by a non salvage dealer. So in Ohio, a you have a separate, like I have a regular dealer license, and then a salvage dealer license is a whole different set of restrictions. So a, um, a regular dealer can buy a salvage title car, which means it's been wrecked, but it has not been rebuilt and is not suitable for the road. They cannot resell that unless they sell it to a salvage dealer, right? Hmm. So the dealership would actually have to fix it up get it inspected by the Ohio Ohio State Highway Patrol, get issued a rebuilt salvage title, not regular salvage, rebuilt salvage, and then they can sell it to a retail customer and it can be plated for the street. So essentially, the dealer or the rep for the dealer, whomever, didn't want to bother dealing with that, so they're selling it just without the title because they can't legally sell it
1: as a rebuilt Or, or sorry, as a salvage title car. And so that's why it's in, like, a drift group on Facebook, because they don't
0: care about titles. Which, again, that's also illegal for the dealer to do. (laughs) Oh. But whatever. Anyway. Uh, So, yeah. Sorry for the drama. It's not actually stolen. The drama is way less interesting. But, uh, yeah. It could be stolen, because now you don't know. Um, I also... Uh, sent out a bet because we were talking about kit cars and how they're always advertised uh, as like needing something that they're, they're almost done. They're just, they're just almost done. It just, you know, I ran out of time or whatever money and it's just, just needs this and that little, just needs things. an interior. So I, I said, I don't know if I offered a cash reward, but maybe a giant swag pack. If anyone found a kit car that like was just, it needs nothing for sale. So David Ward sent us a Factory 5 818 kit car advertised on Facebook. Do you know what that is?
1: I, that sounds
0: so It's familiar, a little car. It looks kind of like a Renault Sport Spider or whatever. So it doesn't claim to have any needs, but if, you know, not everyone advertises flaws. So I didn't actually uh, inquire to see. Uh, but I, I'm thinking I should have laid some ground rules for this bet. Because a brand new Superformance Cobra is a kit car. But that certainly doesn't count, right? Like, so when I'm referencing kit car, I mean, like somebody built a replica, like a, a fakey car, you know, a, one car that's built on a different car's chassis, not, you know, a factory five car that you can just like buy from them either completed or that you send to a shop to build for you Um, so again i realize it's kind of ambiguous but there are a ton of manufacturers out there that sell kits like ultima and superformance and slc and factory five yada 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 so i guess my question is do we send the guy a swag pack Because if we give in on this, I feel like we're sending everyone swag packs. Because they are just be like, oh, I found 18 on Superformance's website.
1: Uh, I feel 8-1-8. like this doesn't count. But we didn't specify. <laughs> should, should, we, should we send him a t-shirt? Yeah, I think something. Because okay. he's not wrong. It's like the, well, I can't really argue because you're not wrong. But this is cheating a little bit. <laughs> or a lot of it. Because I'm looking at photos of this. It's a cool-looking thing, but it's also very much... Not what we had in mind. In spirit was the crappy right. Countach kit cars that you right. see that don't run, have half of an interior. Like <laughs> He found the cheat code. <laughs> he did.
0: Uh, all right, David Ward, you, uh, you got a, a loophole uh, consolation prize. I have to warn you, I don't think I have any T-shirts left in normal people sizes. You either have to be as small as me or as large as an elephant, but uh, we haven't restocked. So, you know... Um, yeah, hit us up. We'll, we'll get you. We'll get you some stuff. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, one really, really neat thing that I, I must touch on is RM Auctions has what they call a barn find bonanza and uh, I won't dwell on this, but is a massive collection of Ferraris that were damaged in a hurricane in Florida that were then moved up to Indianapolis to this kind of like abandoned warehouse type setting and lived for a long, long time. And the owner would not part with them. He would not restore them. He wouldn't fix them up. There was all sorts of mystery shrouding these cars, but there was... Incredible, incredible historic race cars, 250 body cars, Daytonas, uh, one-off stuff. Um, Anyway, we we were privileged to go tour it with the Ferrari Club back in like 2009 or 10 and take pictures. We weren't allowed to post them anywhere, but I have this whole book of pictures of these dilapidated Ferraris that looked like they got crushed by trees just – sitting in these warehouses and it was really eerie and sad and awful and crazy cool at the same time because you're you're like i'm never going to see anything like this again so go on rm's website i think they're going to be up at uh, the monterey auctions in august um not fixed so some restoration shop is going to hit big if they can uh uh, get the jobs for those cars. So I, I just, it's its really, really interesting. And, and they say that's like never been seen by the public, which is not entirely true. We did get to tour the collection, but it's, it's for the most part been, been hidden from the public eye. So anyway, with that, let's go to a commercial and then we will get to our topic of the night.
1: Switchcast is brought to you by Boxcast. Boxcast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched Boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose, and that is to make people a part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, Boxcast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy that we're broadcasting this show with a phone. So head on over to SwitchCars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. And as usual, uh, Doug had to step out, probably take a bathroom break or something. I don't really know what he does, but the Corvette curmudgeon has joined us. Uh, How are you doing this evening, Mr. Curmudgeon? Oh, pretty good. That's good. I have to say,
0: Tyler, it is Tyler, right? Yes, it is Tyler. It's nice to have you back. Nice. i oh, I, yes. I didn't like that Prius driver last week. He was oh. one of them uh, unprintable words. You know, he was talking about my wife, and my wife is my lady, and I treat her right. Well, that just- I've had forty-one wonderful years of marriage, and she's enjoyed thirty-five. She doubles my joys, halves my sorrows, and triples my expenses. But I take good care of her, and ain't no friggin' hybrid
1: wacko gonna tell my wife what she should drive. You know, I got to say, I, I feel like we've developed a bit of a rapport here, you and I. I'm, I'm sorry that I, I had, couldn't be here and you had to deal with such, uh, uh, such conflict from, from a hybrid guy. That just seems unnecessary. Uh, so Friggin', friggin wackos okay. drive them Priuses. Well, we'll have to make sure that that doesn't happen again. always blow we'll, by
0: me in the left lane going like 65 miles an hour. How fast are you going? Uh, Sixty. In your Corvette? Or in yeah. Your, well, I mean, I rarely
1: drive it on the highway, but when I do, I'm in the center lane going the speed limit or less. Gotcha. Well, that's about what I expected. We don't need to dwell on that. Speaking of driving on the highway, though, uh, so uh, Doug, myself, and a few others recently uh, went to the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was have there. you? Uh, you were there? Oh yeah, Ooh, it was a good nice. time. It was a good time. There's a massive Corvette section in the the show field on Saturday. Yeah, I didn't like it.
0: I'm mean, were parked on a steep hill, though. You know, I had to walk up that a few times. It Wait, was... your car was there? No. Oh, okay. I was no. Nope, I there, thought I there was missed a it. chance of rain, so I didn't. Nope,
1: didn't take it. Did you? Uh, did you enjoy what you saw in yeah, the Corvette it was, show? It was pretty nice. good. It was pretty good. Yeah. Did yeah. you have like a favorite? Like uh, something that really? And it doesn't have to be. A no, Corvette. mine wasn't there. Oh, okay, okay. Uh huh, uh huh. Yep. Did you, uh, I saw some other like red, maroonish colored ones. Do they speak to you any or not really? Well, there's this one there.
0: This guy friggin' tarted it up, you know, with all sorts. He bolted on a rear spoiler and spray painted his calipers and his rotor hats and just, it was ugly. He had all sorts of covers on them, steering wheel and yucky yuck stuff, you know. It was, it was pretty awful. And it was a maroon one, too. He, Friggin' ruined it but it wasn't like carmine red ones So it's it's all right (laughs) i got it it was a good event but you know i didn't have any corvettes running around them racetrack i would like to hear some big v8s but they limit it you know they limit the speed and the displacement of that event you know because it's in a park so they don't they don't want people going crazy fast people getting killed you know which is which
1: is you know reasonable but uh we'll like to hear some big (laughs) No, I you know I think this is Ethan. You're gonna have to note down the timestamp in the day. You know I'm agreeing a lot with you tonight, uh, Corvette and I do wish there may be some bigger cars. I agree, it's a safety concern. It's a small track. You don't want to be dangerous, but it would be kind of cool to hear some bigger engines out there and really, really just kind of going for it. Um, but uh, I also agree that you know that I think I saw that Corvette you were talking about. It wasn't to my taste either. I gotta, I'm one day I need to see yours. You no, know was the best part of that event. What was that? It was free. <laughs> <laughs> that's true it is all righty well thank you very much for coming in uh we'll have to uh hang out next year <laughs> uh when you go and uh that was the corvette curmudgeon everybody brought to you unwittingly by the corvette buy trade group on facebook your source for cranky boomers overpriced corvettes and reinforced stereotypes do you
2: do you watch, i have yet do yet you watch b- king of the hill have you ever seen that? <laughs> I have seen Did, that, you know yeah. Boomhauer? The guy <laughs> yeah. who
1: just... That was what...
2: He went on like a one-minute-long rant there, and I, I completely <laughs> didn't. didn't understand like the second half of it. I was like, this is Boomhauer. <laughs> I oh, really boy. enjoyed that. Was, that was good.
0: I have yet to break, but I almost <laughs> got that was good. myself you that pulled that through. You pulled through. <laughs> Ooh, welcome back, Doug.
2: <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> have we if asked the quarterback for much, like. And, He's not that funny. <laughs> no, you gotta you had
0: listen. To Nobody is as funny in my own mind as myself.
2: <laughs> Have we asked him about ceramic coating? If he's ever ceramic coated his no, we can uh, we can ask him that in the future though. Well, yeah, he's he's gone now.
1: I yeah, mean, he's he's now. already. I heard him S- r- rumble away. He's gonna go, you know, five miles an hour under on the way back. I home, can't
2: say he peeled out because I don't, yeah, th- I don't <laughs> think he did. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And with all the ra- all the storms we had tonight, there's no way yeah, he was driving. No. My dad. man's my man's not out of first yet. <laughs> but boy, he doesn't waste time getting out of here that's, when he's that's done. Right. He's no, like, yeah. gotta go. He's gotta catch Jeopardy.
2: <laughs> oh darn it, he missed it.
0: <laughs> oh man. All right, so <laughs> transportation, <laughs> <laughs> the much anticipated. Uh I don't even remember what we talked about last time. The horror stories. A- but anyway, okay, so the reason all these horror stories happen, there's a fundamental issue with the industry. And it is this it's a race to the bottom with very little oversight. Dealers, brokers, and transporters are all to blame. Um I feel like there's a separate how-to episode just for dealers. Um, because there's, you know, dealers use a, a, online booking system, but you know, we'll cover some of those tonight, but they don't, I guess most of them don't apply to uh, regular customers, uh, booking transport because with dealers, we know how to find the transporters. It's a matter of whether or not we use our judgment to book the right ones. Whereas with consumers, it's very, very difficult to find the transporters, um, And speaking of dealers, I mean, just last week, a friend of mine in the business had their car stolen by a transporter. Um, And, you know, I looked up the transporter and I could see the errors made in booking the transporter. There were some red flags. And, you know, I don't know if he used a broker or, you know, was trying to save money or or whatever. But um, either way, there was there was some avoidable lessons there. But Consumers don't necessarily have to worry about those things because they don't have the resources that dealers have. Um, anyway, um, so there's a fundamental issue with the industry. There's a fundamental issue with the system. Um, there's a disconnect between carriers, the owner-operators, and the public, and there's no good solution yet to overcome this for either one, and that's why the market is saturated with brokers. And this wouldn't be a bad thing if they didn't all suck so badly, right? So if you search online for a transport company, nine out of 10 times the results on the search engine are finding a broker and they build their websites to make them appear like a transportation company or, you know, a big company. Uh, It's very difficult to tell just from their websites, Um, but most of them are still brokers. And even if you search UShip, ship a lot of the results are brokers and my goodness if you ugh, the number of texts and emails and stuff you'll get like you will just get absolutely blown up if you um go on uship and put in your information all the brokers will just oh my gosh they will call you nonstop um and and the issue with brokers at least in the transport industry uh is that they don't add any value to the equation they're simply For the most part, posting it on Central Dispatch and going with the lowest bidder. Central Dispatch, as a refresher, is an online load board system which dealers, brokers, and haulers have access to. So you have to be in the industry licensed to get on there. So they'll just post a load up there and essentially just go with whoever comes first or whoever will allow the brokers to make the most amount of money. They're not spending time vetting their insurance, vetting their license, looking up their, you know, accident history, et cetera, et cetera. All these things that we have access to do, um, the broker's, don't carry their own broker insurance. Often they usually have no assets. The old broker, uh, the old joke is you can't spell broker without broke, uh, and they don't help with communication or problems. They'll blow your phone up in order to get your credit card number and get the the load, and then once it's taken care of, you'll never hear from them again um even the brokers i've used that said they had proprietary software to fix the system that they don't use central that they use you know only special carriers that are on their you know vetted list like i tried one of them one time and he gave me this huge sales pitch was referred to people by people in the industry and all he did was post on central dispatch and mark it up 50% and i'm like i can i can see what you did i'm on central dispatch like You gave me this big sales pitch and then you did everything that I didn't want you to do. So, um, so trying to solve these issues, there's a twofold strategy and and whether you're shipping open or enclosed is a totally different strategy. Um, so with open transport, it's a little more difficult because there is not enough money in it typically for these companies to actually care about marketing to the general public because the, the price per load is so much lower. Um, so the open transport companies are, are the good ones are getting contracts with manufacturers to just haul big loads all at once um, The rest of them are running through brokers because they don't have the time or the inclination to deal with retail customers. Um, Let's be honest, you know, as customers, we can be a little bit of a pain. We want tracking on our cars. We want daily updates. And and the trucking companies just don't want to deal with that. Um, But like, for example, we were trying to get a Unimog out of Minnesota and get it here. uh, And it has to go in an open transporter. And we posted it on the load board. We've had three different companies cancel on us. One, because apparently their truck broke down, but they accused us of canceling the load, saying it wasn't available. Another one, we gave them the dimensions. They accepted the load and then said the car was too big to fit on their truck, so they canceled it. Like, all this different stuff. Like, this is what, you know, kind of what brokers do is they deal with all this BS. But this is a BS you have to deal with with the open carriers. Um So if you can find a good, trustworthy broker, that is the solution for open transport. The key is trying to find a really, really good broker that actually is going to do the legwork to verify all the things that you need verified and follow up and make sure you're getting a good transporter versus just taking their commission and giving it to whoever will take the load. Enclosed transport which I recommend all the time, not just because of protection from the elements, but also because you just get a better level of service, more highly trained transporters, guys that actually know what they're doing. I mean, I can't tell you how many open carriers we've had show up that don't even know how to drive stick. Uh, You get enclosed carriers. They've shipped everything from Ford Model A's to Duesenberg's to Ferraris to, anything. They know how to shift all sorts of different cars. They know how to deal with immobilizers and push button starts and you know paddle shift transmissions, etc. 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 Usually. Um but there's the exception and and (laughs) we have a good one from from Kent Lucas tonight. So this this illustrates how some of the, the transporters are. And this was this was definitely an open carrier and this is why I I almost always go with enclosed. Uh, I'm not going to try to do a Russian accent, but his the trucker's name is Roman, and we can uh, and he's from Chicago, which they're all from, so we can pretty much guarantee they're they're Russian because they all are. Um, hello, my name is Roman from Transportation Company. They also never use articles. Hello, I am driver. <laughs> About the load, 1990 Mazda Miata. I can pick up tomorrow and delivery next day. Ask five hundred dollars. Thank you. So Kent, my guy goes, I can do 450. What's the name of your company? He asks that so he can look them up, check their insurance, licensing, et cetera. The response, till what time we can pick up tomorrow? <laughs> Kent responds again. What's the name of your company? And can you drive a manual transmission? The response from the trucker, let me ask. <laughs> Let me ask what? What the name of your company is he doesn't Who are know the name? Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you not know the name of your company? Which if you've seen these guys, they might not know because they literally show up with like their DOT number duct taped on handwritten on a piece of paper and duct taped to their window. I've seen it Man. multiple times. Multiple times. Because they're a different company next week. Huh. Anyway, so Forget the open carriers talking about enclosed, because if you're shipping a specialty car, you should just do it in close. So one option is you pay through the nose for a big name carrier. You have reliable intercity, JP logistics, horseless carriage, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. However, that's not always the solution. We got an email from a customer, Chris White, who wanted to, to sh- us to share this, and he said that high-end is not always safe. He bought a portion 993. And used horseless carriage. And um, the car was delivered to a friend of his um, because he was working at the time. So the driver didn't know how to start the car with the immobilizer, which is one of those things I said, you know, if you use a good enclosed carrier, usually they understand those because they've shipped them before. Um, So he. Oh, wow. I didn't read all of this. This is baffling. He he bump started the car in reverse by, like, rolling it down off at the top level backwards. Oh, no. Huh. So then Chris's question, valid, is, like, how many times did you do this en route, like, because he had to move the car from position to position? So after Chris got the car, he said the drivetrain always had a vibration, which the PPI didn't know before he bought it. Um, so the pressure plate of the clutch had cracked from, allegedly, from these bump starts on a 20,000-mile car. So his point was is a big-name company, but the weak link, even with good companies, is the employee. Um, so I, the, the key there, though, is I've had a driver blow up a clutch, and he was an enclosed carrier, but he was a new company that wasn't established, and he didn't have any money. So I'm like, hey, man, you got to cut in for some of this clutch. And he's like, oh, well, I'll make it up to you. I'll just do like the next however many hauls for free. I'm like, okay, well, that's not ideal, but fine, whatever. But then by, like, the third one, he was out of business. So at least with a company like Horselage or Reliable or Intercity, you have recourse, right? Because things will go wrong in transport, period. Like, that's just a law of nature. You're moving a car around. It's strapped down to a thing that's moving. People have accidents. Cars catch on fire. Like, stuff will go wrong. So you want to deal with a company that has the proper insurance and will make things right when things go wrong because they do. It's not about finding a company that will prevent any difficulty or anything from happening. That That's not possible. We don't live in that kind of world. Um, but it's dealing with a company that can make things right. Like Reliable, they're expensive and they are slow, but they scratched a Ferrari 355 one time in transit. I emailed... And it helped that I knew the owner, so I like had a direct line of communication. But I, I see like companies uh, you know, what's the, the the old age? Crap flows downhill, right? So if the owner is good, then that reflects on the entire company. That's how the business is run. The owner didn't ask for bill of lading, the didn't ask for pictures. I had all of that stuff. He just said, How much is it? and mailed a check. So I'm like this is great um, so
1: going back to um, yes I <laughs> said I'm still just sitting here flabbergasted that somebody had the, the hutzpah to bump start a nine eleven in reverse off of the second level of a transport. I still can't wrap my brain around that does take a special level of skill I skill may block or I don't know. Lack of... I don't know, you know if I can do boof. it. That's that's pretty awesome. Like, doing that because you can't figure out an immobilizer is bananas. I guess at least I was uh, somewhat all right. But
0: <laughs> um, Jim Ryder had a good question um, following last week's episode, and he asked... i got to find it now. Bumper Music. Uh, he said, what about transport services offered by Bring a Trailer... Uh, Portion Marketplace, and other auction houses? Um, And is there such a thing as an insurance binder for the customer prior to shipping a car? So two really good questions. Um, This is not to disparage Bring a Trailer and their shipping service, but I believe all they are doing is a glorified broker. They're posting it on Central Dispatch, and whatever you get, you get. Because we've seen some trucks that showed up for Bring a Trailer shipping services, and they were not trucks that we would have chosen. Uh, they were they were the central dispatch special. Um, so, you know, again, they're a glorified broker. Now, with Bring a Trailer, they likely have their own insurance or they are self-insured to the point that they're going to stand up for any issues that arise out of whoever they chose. And that's the key thing with booking through a broker is you want to use a broker that is reputable, that has insurance, and that you have recourse with. Because again, just like enclosed closed carriers, you need recourse. Because something will go wrong, and using open carriers, the likelihood is higher that something will go wrong. So it's not about picking the carrier that will make sure nothing goes wrong. It's about picking the carrier and or broker that will handle it when it does. So I would assume bring a trailer will make those things right because of their reputation and you know they have enough assets to, to do that. Um but you know using that service doesn't guarantee that you're gonna get a half decent carrier at all. Um, <clears throat> so what can you do on your own? Um one is become a detective. If you're using a broker Require that they give you the name of the transport company that they chose. Brokers do not like transparency. You don't have to ask them how much money they're making. Whatever, just be like, "Hey, give me their information." Uh, you there's tons of resources out there that you can use if you know how to use them. Uh, so there's there's <laughs> there's theirs. there's a website put out by the. Uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and DOT that you can use to verify a trucking company's license. Uh, You can also request a copy from the company of their insurance certificate. Um, You can Google them figure out how long they've been in business. It's unlikely that you'll find any reviews because, again, these companies are not customer facing. They don't care about their online presence. But there's plenty of regulation on that industry to the point that you can literally look up and see how many uh, inspections they've had uh, by the DOT, how many inspections they failed, how many crashes they've had. Um whether or not their insurance is current or pending cancellation, like all of this stuff is available to the public. you just have to do some digging. So if you use a broker, get the actual transport company's name that they have, you know subcontracted with to ship your vehicle. Uh, the, the websites are safer.mf, no, sorry. safer.fmcsa dot.gov. And also another good website is QuickTransportSolutions.com. I'll see if Ethan can put those <laughs> links in the description there of the podcast. Um, in terms of, of covering your bot, and that's a lot of what it is, right? It's the CYA section. Uh, you want to get a bill of lading from pickup and photos. A lot of companies now will take photos and video at the the point of pickup. So you want to make sure you have a copy of that and one at delivery. And this is very, very important because you have about one minute after taking delivery to make sure that your butt is covered and that you get you know, any damages covered, because if it is not on the bill of lading at delivery and it was at pickup or vice versa, or it's on the car and it wasn't on the bill of lading, you have to note that on the bill of lading. I am not a lawyer. I just have experience with this. And if you sign that bill of lading saying, yep, no damages were good. And then a day later say, oh, they wrecked my car. Too bad. So sad. Right. Right. Take photos of it at that point. And if it's really, really bad, just friggin' refuse delivery. Document everything and say, I'm not signing off on this. Now, there are transport companies. I've seen it firsthand. I've heard about it. The drivers will pressure you if you have a crappy transport company to not mark that stuff down. They will push you around, not physically necessarily, but they will say, no, 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 don't put that down. No, no, no. I'm. It's. We'll take care of it or whatever, or they'll just hustle you and try to not make you mark it down. You have to protect yourselves. You have to protect yourselves. It is you versus the driver, unfortunately, if there's a problem. And it sucks because it may reflect back on them, but if they damaged it, it should. Um Another thing is make sure you are insured, right? So the trucker's insurance might not be enough to cover your car. You need to check with your insurance company to see if they will cover it in transport. Now, a fair number of companies will. However, I remember that there's this thing called the care and custody clause in some uh, policies that basically says if a car is in somebody else's care and custody, that your policy is not going to cover it. Now, what does that mean? If you let your friend drive it, is that care and custody? No. Uh, Again, this is not like uh, foolproof uh, advice or whatever, but this is just stuff I remember from discussions that care and custody in one policy was defined as the wheels are not on the ground. So essentially, anytime it's on a tow truck, or in a container or anything other than being driven on the ground on which a normal policy would cover, then they're out, right? So check your policy for things like care and custody clauses and, and check with your agent. Say, I'm shipping my car with this sketchy friggin' trucker. Are you going to cover me if things go wrong? Um, you can ask for photos of their equipment, the trucker's equipment, uh, their truck and trailer, that mm-hmm.
1: Equipment. Good to clarify.
0: Yep. Yes. Because um, that's key. Uh, and that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't mean they'll, they won't lie. I've had truckers send me photos of a brand new truck and then they show up in a totally different thing. But at least you can say like, all right, well, that's, you know, you've got photo evidence. This is not the truck that you said you'd be picking it up with. Yours is held together with duct tape and, and prayers. Yeah. Um, The other thing you can do is you can ask a specialty car dealer to help. And this is not an advertisement for our services because the last thing I want is for people to contact me for help with shipping. But we do it because so many people are like, I don't know what to do. Um, Be a little bit careful because a lot of dealers are cheap and they try to save money to make margin on their cars. So they're always going with the cheapest carrier. But if you have a good car dealer that's booking stuff with, you know, good enclosed carriers, and maybe you can just be like, all right, you do this all the time. What the heck do I do? Uh, And finally, a don't. Don't use a friend. So many people I see are like, oh yeah, I bought this car. My buddy has a trailer. I'm going to have him go get it for me. Don't do that. Unless, unless you verify triple check insurance. Because that could get into some real weird complications, especially with interstate transport. If you're like, hey, I bought this Lambo. I'm going to have my buddy pick it up for me. And you're like, well, maybe it'll be on his insurance. Maybe it'll be on mine. I don't know. And your insurance company's like, wait, who transported it? Were they licensed? No. Was it your truck? No. Somebody else's. Oh, well, it was in their care and custody. I don't think we're going to cover that. And then his insurance company is going. Oh, you're transporting cars for somebody? Are you? Did you do it for money? Is that license? Like, I, it's just a bad. You're setting yourself up. And I see so many people do this, and they don't ask questions. Again, do it fine. CYA. Make sure you know if things go wrong because things do go wrong, especially with trailers. You got two extra axles and more tires and less brakes and. Less handling, like things can go wrong. Make sure you are covered. Um, and, and you know, it's kind of like buying a car. Do your own due diligence. It's buyer beware, right? You're buying a transporter, even if you use a broker. Make sure you're covered on insurance. Do your own homework. Get the transporter name. Check into their history. Everything you can do. So with that, that actually didn't take as long as I thought it would. Huh. Look at that, we're fishing over here at SwitchCast yeah, I'm laconic tonight <laughs> So, with that, we'll go to a commercial And then
1: we might squeeze in some questions tonight Yeah, SwitchCast is brought to you by Celebrity Machines <clears throat> Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates As they've appeared in movies and TV shows Such as Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SwitchCast to save 25.39% at checkout. So I do have a uh, YouTube super chat here that Let's is Do it. Uh, not transportation related, but it's related to the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix, actually. Tangentially. Okay. So, uh, for those who didn't make it, I wasn't sure how this became a thing, but there was a big Panos display. There was more Panoses together than I think there ever has been before. <laughs> Truthfully, there was a lot. Um, so, MTS on YouTube. I think it's just money. Well, you yeah. paid through the nose to be there. Really? I didn't know that. Panos? <laughs> oh, I no. Never, I fell for it. I'm an embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. Ethan's going to fire me now. All right. So MTS, thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, they want to know, do you have any experience with a Panos Esperante? I remember seeing one at a local dealer in the early to mid 2000s. I've wanted to experience one. I've owned like three or four AIV
0: Roadsters. Which are sweet, just not on the highway. Yep. And I've come close to buying an Esperante. I like that. It's a specialty car that doesn't have specialty car problems, right? Like it's a boutique manufacturer. Don't say kit car. They actually have their own <laughs> VIN numbers. They are a registered manufacturer, um, but with Ford powertrain and they work. Um, I just, I've never been able to pull the trigger. And I, th- I think I'm glad now because the more I'm around Esperantes, the more I'm like, eh, they're kinda cheapish and I, I I I don't know. I struggle with finding them pretty, right? Like the yeah. GTLM is awesome. Okay. And the racing cars are awesome. And they make some really cool colors. Like their greens and blues are really deep. And the cars are good. I just, like, it's, it's eluded me. It's kind of like the R129 SL500. I love the car. The seat is like an old man seat, and I can't get over that. Same thing with the Esperante. It's like a couch, and it's just, it's oh. not, like, it's the one thing lacking as a proper
1: sports car. So I think maybe if they put better seats in, that would change my mind. I don't know. They are, they do look Cool, but I agree pretty is not the word I would I would use. There was that, like, special edition one-off wide body. It had a different name that mm-hmm. Dandu said is probably mouthing, but I can't see it right now. And, like, side pipes and everything. I think like, it's that a GTLM. Sweet. Okay. It looked awesome. And it's not a special one-off. They made a number of them.
0: Like, I've like- been on one on Bring a Trailer. Uh, or, sorry, P-Car Market. And it went for, I bid to like 125 and it ended up going for 200. So I wasn't even close, but I'm like, Hey, wasn't one hasn't sold in forever. Like for the right number, I'll buy this because that you're right. The the wide body one looks amazing. So good. So I I like them, but it's kind of like the Viper. Like it's just got a few quirks that I, I can't quite get over to actually put one in my garage. So I like seeing one every time I see one, but not there in terms of ownership good question
1: uh should we uh let's let's go to the wall of shame yeah certainly all right so uh this one uh comes to us not from a dealer but someone running a car show and running it well they get this nasty email Are you ready for it doug i'm ready my goodness you're a car museum and this is the kind of announcement for a car show how about some important details about the car show types of vehicles class of vehicles What categories will be judged and awarded? Award type, trophies, plaques, medallions? How many awards? How much space is allowed per vehicle? Minimum should be two spaces per car. Please do better. (laughs) That guy must own a Corvette. Absolutely. (laughs) Holy crap. He needs the extra space to make sure he can put up his plaque and have a stuffed animal hanging out the window. Oh, man." (laughs) man. Lawn chairs surrounding it. Yeah. And the mirrors that they put under like Muscle Cars so you can see it doesn't have any wear. We need to (laughs) swing his door wide, you know, because he can't get out of the car.
0: Oh, man. That's terrible. I feel feel badly for that. So that actually, it wasn't a Corvette owner that sent that email. I asked the the museum, the car show organizer, because they posted, like, all the details everywhere. Oh, what kind of car was it? I don't remember. Oh. It, I, I it was a curmudgeonly somebody. vehicle, but, <laughs> yeah, it was not a Corvette. I wanted it to be so badly.
1: Um, the my goodness at the beginning before all of that just really sets it off for me. I got to like, oh, huh. plaques, medallions? All right, as uh. as painful as this is, because I
0: lost big time, Ooh. we got to get caught up on the appraiser. Yeah, we do. I'm excited for this. So it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute. And uh, next week is pre-recorded, so it's going to be another minute to, uh, to find our next ones. But, all right, last week, my choice for Tyler was the Citroën, something or other, French bread van uh, that was on Picar Market. And yes. you guessed 10.
1: Yes. And it went reserve not met for nine. So, so I did ask you before the show if that counted. It, and you said counts. yes, which I agree, because that's what I, somebody would have I was thinking paid.
0: like, oh, well, maybe we split the difference between the deal tank, like buy it now and the high bid, but other websites don't have a buy it now. So we can't do that. So I just that's say true. like, I mean, uh, a high bid doesn't make the market, but you still guessed where it ended. It counts. Yeah, so, I would do the same for you. Not
1: bad. Not bad. Very, very well done. So uh, yeah, still over. But uh, did we say the numbers? I guess 10 and it high bit at nine, right? Yes, 9,000. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whoops, Last I was week. unintentionally cruel.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, all right, so it was a Toyota Century El Camino Buddhist Temple hearse. Yeah, like uh, oh. which I, I'm gonna rag you again, right? So the Viper you described, and I'm like. Oh, this car sounds awesome. And then I looked at it in pictures. I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, your presentation score was like an eight, seven. I'll give you a seven out of ten for like just general like presentation score of of like how does it look? Because that affects auctions. And and by the way, an eleven thousand mile stock GTS ACR sold this week for ninety-seven grand. So, the Hennessy sold for like 20 grand less, oh, which yeah. is really interesting because, like, either it says that that brand of tuner has not like, commanded a premium yet, or that car was just so rough that it didn't
1: get the money. It was poorly represented. I will. You're, so, uh, I feel Raganami like my guess justified. could have been right because the stock
0: ACR sold for 97. I'm like, all right, the Hennessy 600 should carry a premium. But that one didn't. So whatever. Anyway, always making excuses. So this one, I feel like your presentation score (laughs) was like a six on the other end. Because I went and looked at pictures, and I'm like, oh, my (laughs) gosh. This thing hits me in all the feels like the gold was radiating. Yeah. And so was the black. It was just like the cleanest, most awesome thing ever conceived. It was covered in gold. You know, the whole hearse thing. It was very ornate engraving
1: grave oh, get it eh, that was good. i mean
0: people were dying to get in on the bidding uh, and winning it was quite the undertaking oh right <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that thing puts the fun in funeral
1: okay Kind of like if that it one. breaks
0: down <laughs> it's a grave problem it it shouldn't though because toyotas are very reliable the centuries are um they'll never let you down the driver however will be the last person to let you down <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> really. This guy. But you know,
2: if you bought oh, a
1: second one
0: for your wife, they'd be his and hers.
1: <laughs> Pain. <laughs> anyway, oh, with that God. said, what was my guess? Wow. Your guess, wow. uh, let me let me pull up the official record here, was fourteen thousand dollars. <laughs> what did it sell for? Forty-five. Ooh. Spicy. That is uh if you do the maths yourself and you can do it at home, sixty-eight uh percent. I will round that up. That is a sixty-nine uh percent difference. Nice. It's like a three hundred
0: percent difference,
1: depending on how you look at it. Oh, yeah, I guess because this was like fourteen K uh, was. I, I will say at least percent. I didn't lose
0: money. I'd rather guess 14 itself or 45. However, okay. I I can't be respo- I can't account for world record breaking sales. That's the most money a century yes. has ever sold for by like
1: double, ever. And in somewhat of my defense, even if I did <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> the seeing this vehicle will make you transcend to another. Le- You'll never be the same after you see these photos. Like, I still don't think you would have guessed, I, I would have guessed like
0: 18. <laughs> yeah. Like- I t- so I talked to Matthew Ivanhoe about this one. He runs cultivated collector. He knows JDM cars. He's been importing like batches of really, really good ones. And he's had a couple centuries and I was on the phone with him when the auction was ending. And I told him that I guessed 14 and he's like, "Ah, oh, man, I, I think you were generous at that number really and i was like well guess where the bids at he's like i don't know 20 i was like no it's at 35 <laughs> what <laughs> and it's still going and like during the course of our conversation i just keep updating him like every minute we'd be talking about other stuff and i'm like it's at 40 now and he like he was as flabbergasted as i am so i don't feel quite so badly that i'm terrible at my job slash this game but wow i never saw that one coming i it's, Whatever. Um, so I may be in danger of this, of, of losing. I, I had a commanding lead until this one, but Rusty Shackelford, a viewer, had a good suggestion. Well, it was a good suggestion, but now it's not so much. He said, if Doug loses, I definitely want to see him in a clapped out CVT Ultima for six months. That is,
1: that's like extreme. Six months? And it must be a four door. <laughs> oh, I can't even get the two door. Oh, that's that's cruel.
0: We don't have sponsors of that caliber yet because I think even a clapped out Altima is at least like three hundred bucks a month for eighty four months. <laughs> I don't know no. how much they are cash, and neither does anyone else who owns no. one. <laughs> oh God! All right, let's go to a commercial. Oh, wait. No, we have to pick next week's. Let's go to keep them in suspense. Go to a commercial Ooh, and then right. we'll pick
1: next week's. And SwitchCast is also brought to you by Nuts for Sticks. Nuts for Sticks is a brand celebrating the manual transmission in all of its forms. Forget those flappy paddles. We like shifting ourselves. So go head on over and check out our fun and funny stick-themed shirts at nutsforsticks.com and save 10% on your order using the discount code SwitchCast. That is nutsforsticks.com and use code SwitchCast. All right, so my pick now. Tyler's pick for me next week is what? So I'm not trying to be cruel. I'm going to do a better job of not describing this car, uh, but I don't think you'll know this too well. Uh, so there is an amazing on bring a trailer right now. 1988 Nissan Sylvia Q's five speed. That is an S13 Sylvia. The reason what's I like it so, Q's, I could not tell you. It's some trim, I'm guessing. This is in the classic, like, seafoam green over gray two-tone that is just, like, quintessential delicious JDM goodness.
0: Is it, like, wide body, or is it, like, stock? No, primo this is, stock? like,
1: primo stock. Okay, 98, Sylvia, some weird trim package. The OJ trim package? OJ? You said accuse. Oh, God. <laughs> Didn't even see that one coming. Uh, so it's got, uh, what do we got? 15,000 miles, uh, TMU, but I don't know what that could possibly mean. It's like really clean. That's very important. I, there's no description based on imported that. imported or? I'm guessing. All right.
0: five-speed manual, cloth interior probably. Cloth, gray right cloth hand interior, right-hand drive. Right hand drive.
1: Uh, the dash is very cracked, so it's got a carpet on it. Uh, otherwise, the car seems to be extremely clean. The photos are pretty good. And I will like would like to note uh, because I want to throw you a little bit of a bone. The comments we all know they're geniuses uh, are saying that this is probably going to go big because it's so clean and it's the spec, like the stock spec for this car, is this color combo.
0: I am not up on the JDM (laughs) Nissan Silvia market, although I do
1: very much like them. Um, I would drive one of these in this exact color combination. I feel
0: like it can't go. For more than an R32 GTR, right?
1: I would like, think that's reasonable. Similar, or I mean, it's a little bit newer, but I also <sighs> have no idea what this is worth for those of you listening at home. So, this will be a surprise for me. Uh, give me a second to think about that.
0: Um, and while I'm thinking, I'm going to give you mine. I am trying to be cruel. I think I deserve but following it. following on the Toyota Century theme, we have a 1982 Porsche 928. All right. Ask me why that's following on the Toyota Century theme. Is this the one that has the Toyota Century V12 in <laughs> Yes, it <laughs> is! <laughs> that this is, is amazing. The, uh, so 928s are great for swaps because their original engines are not fantastically reliable. This 928 has a Toyota 5-liter V12 swap, which I love A six-speed manual. The exterior wrap is uh, matte uh, old man gold. It's it's interesting, and it's over like brown. Oh, sorry, exterior color is platinum metallic, but it's a matte finish. Um, Yeah. It's so cool. It's got 102,000 miles TMU. I feel like there's not much to yeah, describe about nothing it. It's a freaking B12 Century swapped, wrapped in gold
1: 928 with a 6-speed and a lot of miles. Uh, <laughs> see, this is I there is obviously no market for this because it doesn't exist other than this one. Uh, I feel like it's amazing. This is super cool. But it's also a very niche market. It has to be. Like, it's still an old 928 at the end of the day. An old 928 with a ton of miles. But it's really cool. Didn't they have to make a custom hood for it to, like, give space for the yes. engine? So, yes, like, oh, they did. It's... Oh. All right. This is cruel, actually. I should have thought to do it to you. <laughs> uh, I'll say fifteen grand. I don't know how I feel about that. But I keep coming back to 15 grand. (laughs) Oh no, is it already above that? No. Current high bid is 15 grand,
0: although it ends in less than 24 hours. So (laughs) (gasps) at least it's not above that. You would have looked real stupid. Oh God. Okay, I'm sorry. I had to look up the Sylvia. Did you tell me it was in 1998? I said 88. Okay, I heard 1998. It's a very good thing I looked it up because I was. Under the impression it was a 98, and I was, like, oh, thinking that's good. of the, the newer body Sylvia. Yeah.
1: Have you seen um, one of these before? Like, these are sweet.
0: Uh, yeah. No, I have. I have. Um, they are sweet. I'd rather have the, the newer model. I like the updated styling, but,
1: man. Um, the color combo is really what just got me. This is the perfect sure. color for this car.
0: I'm going to go with, like, 22
1: grand. That's big. That's big for those. It's a lot of money. I it think. is, but I feel like this could probably get there. Considering how, cl- other than the dash, it seems really clean. And the photos are good enough. They're not Toyota Century Hearst levels of Change My Life, but good enough. Although right. there's a lot of shadows. Sure. 21 final answer all right 21 all right you're idiot. at 15 i'm at 21 no i'm at 20 what you? i said you misheard 1998 i said 20 it's all good yes no <laughs> you said 15 mm-hmm. sorry it's on the internet people know
0: Duh, i don't know about that anyone in the comments did tyler say 20 grand tyler did not say
1: 20 grand all righty then i do have uh let me squeeze in a super chat here yep if that's all right from mm-hmm. jeremiah johnson thank you very much uh, Doug, if I owned a 2004 Outback and a 2001 LEGACY, in all caps, should I complete the collection with a Subaru Baja? Yes, of course. I think the Baja is the most exciting one out of all of those. What do you got against the Legacy? No, Legacy Well, it depends on which Legacy. I love the Baja. Baja is sweet. It's so odd and cool at the same time. Get it in yellow with the bed cap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yes. You have to get bumper stickers, though. Multiple. You need... We should send him some bumper stickers if he doesn't have enough. I don't have any like Joe Biden or Greenpeace bumper stickers or whatever. I feel like those are the stereotypical Subaru owner
1: ones, but I could send him some other ones.
2: Do you have a coexist one?
1: (laughs) I might have. I guarantee you with two Subarus, Jeremiah's got at least 10 of those (laughs) (laughs) coexist. Do you live in Vermont, Jeremiah? (laughs) Oh,
0: all right. Let us let us go to the shrewd negotiator. This is a Facebook Marketplace listing on the Porsche 911
1: buy and sell page. All right, they got some. They got a paragraph here. All right. If you're a serious buyer, I don't want you to miss the opportunity to buy this car. However, please note that no questions will be answered until Monday, July 31st. All interested parties will receive a link with additional information then. The 997 is the last true analog 911 and is highly sought after by Porsche purists and enthusiasts. Owned since 2008, this spectacular Porsche Carrera has been part of the family jewels. (laughs) Saw Saw its driver's education events, and I'm sad to let it go. If the ad is up, you still have a chance to make an offer. I will keep live for a few days and will choose the buyer with the best terms. That means no tire kickers, no low ball offer, nor creative deals will be considered. We may request proof of funds to arrange for inspection at buyer's expense, no joy rides <laughs> that's all the info on the car by the way was there there any? was no VIN number I think there was mileage, and that was it. How many photos were there like ten that this seems okay i'm gonna I'm a Porsche guy. I love Porsche. This seems like a lot for a nine nine seven <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was guards red. Duh, even worse. Sorry. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that is definitely a desirable Rare. color. Well, it, it, okay.
0: So I'll give this guy a wee tiny bit of credit. Even though I we all made fun of him, he got dragged in the comments. So I just <laughs> responded like, do I need to show you a screenshot of my bank account to get the VIN number? Um, <laughs> this would be somewhat acceptable if... It was like slightly less aggressive tone and you had given like VIN number, service history, all the pertinent information like this is the info you need to make a decision. I'm out of town. I'm not going to deal with tire kickers. I'm not going to answer a bunch of stupid questions and like just make me an offer based on all the information you have because that's all the information you need. But like literally that was the entire ad. There was no wow. information about whether or not it was original paint or what service history. And I don't think the interior photos even showed which seats it had, which people are terrible at doing, by the way. They show pictures of the dash and the steering wheel and all that. And I'm like, what does it have the bucket seats or base or like, yeah. I don't even know. So, yeah, it's that's a very interesting tact to take with this, uh, making buyers beg and plead for you with you just to get information on a car. And it backfired huge. Yeah, on the this whole, guy.
1: you'll receive a link with more information. That is like ridiculous. Yeah. Get in
0: line. <laughs> yeah. Send me proof of funds and then i information. Yeah, it's it's a little bit. uh it, it goes back to my whole thing about, you know, Porsche people are Corvette curmudgeons with more money. Yeah, no, it's so true. All right. Well, let uh, it is that time, so let's get to the props and flops brought to us by Switch Cars. Thing.
1: <laughs> Switch Cars is the enthusiast dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. So check out our handpicked inventory at switchcars.com. And our pick of the week from Switch Cars inventory is chosen by me actually yes uh, so I haven't seen it I'm gonna have to get eyes on this but you have a what is it like a two early 2000? 99. is it oh it's a ninety nine mm-hmm. uh, so a mark one nine nine six silver on the outside I'm serving like uh, oh god what's Arctic. the silver Arctic silver but it's got nephrite green interior mm. oh my goodness I I kind of want it does it have full leather
0: mm-hmm oh mm. my, oof. pop quiz oh yes. what does n- nephrite mean oh I have no idea I know <laughs> <laughs> me neither. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I guarantee you, anyone who, like you pull three hundred Porsche people, they won't know what it is. Uh, but it's uh, We it throw looks... around
1: these terms, and we're like, yeah. uh, it's the name of the color. That's all I know. At least yeah. I'm not pronouncing the German. I don't. How do but you pronounce nephrite in bon, German? I don't know. <laughs> nephrite grun. Grun. Yeah. But it's like the opposite of my car. Somebody <laughs> got
0: after me on a satire video because I pronounced grun wrong, like, and I'm like. <laughs> Uh, I On purpose? I yeah. did,
2: on purpose. Those satire videos, man. The comments are just a dumpster fire of people Get it. not... That engagement, awesome. though. It, no, it's... Yeah, well, <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> and it's so fun to watch unfold and then doug gets in there and like stirs the pot a little bit and it's even better it's so good
1: well didn't you have a bunch on the 944 one when you kept saying porsche and then in the edit it was like clearly call- every time you said it it flashed that up wasn't a
2: 944 like- was it it was. it was the
1: spray paint and purple yeah. 944 oh, is the yeah. mako special that's yeah. right that's right yeah and like people still just didn't get it over oh, right there yeah.
2: yeah that was a good one
0: So with that, we're going to do the flops and props of the week. The flop of the week is me for just screwing up this whole podcast. (laughs) 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 <laughs> thank you for bearing with us everyone who did uh for those of you listening on the audio version you won't get the half bit because Ethan's gonna <laughs> make it better but uh is Ethan the prop of the, week? Uh, <laughs> yeah, prop, prop of the week <laughs> yeah. uh no the real flop of the week uh we're getting a little dark slash serious on on this one Ooh. um you know, we don't always just make fun of people, but this one was, uh, locally, a 20 year old on a motorcycle was killed. Unfortunately, when he was hit by an 89 year old woman who was pulling out of her driveway. Now this was one rare instance where speed was not a factor, even though, you know, the, the media and insurance companies and police love to say that speed's a factor and everything, but, um, it, it, it is unfortunate and terrible. But the first thing my wife said when she saw this is like, when are we going to start requiring tests for old people and take their licenses away? Cause this is a really dangerous thing because she literally, she wasn't backing out. She was pulling out headfirst to go to her neighbor's house, like down the street. And she's like, this is crazy. Like she didn't see him because she shouldn't be driving. And I think that's a very real thing. And I, I don't want to like use this as a thing to defend cannonball or whatever, but people say cannonball is so dangerous. And it's like, no old people driving 12 miles an hour is, is way more dangerous statistically. Um, and I love my grandma. She backed into a friend of hers because she stopped to say hi to him and then like backed up and ran into him. And it was like a joke because he was Okay but it got written up in the paper, like in the police blotter. And it's like, oh, man, but man. at what point do we make these decision decisions and say like, Hey, it, you can't drive anymore because this is not, you you, you can't see. So, um, it, it's, it's something to think about, um, something to think about. And it's, it's an awful tragedy and, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it just sucks anyway. So real downer flop there. Um, Uh, Prop of the week is Lincoln County Police Department breaks the cannonball record. 25 hours and 10 minutes using a modified LS-powered twin-turbo Camaro that looks like a stock car. It was outfitted with lights and sirens, which were utilized to trick law enforcement, other law enforcement, into thinking it was a police car running code 3 to a call, something we've all wanted to do, but didn't want to risk the bajillion felonies. (laughs) The Lincoln County Police Department, Camaro, was operated by a single officer whom they will not identify suspicious speaking of satire uh, yeah 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 yeah. no this was really well done oh yeah the prop of it's the week a, is for the lincoln county police department for doing this and it was freaking hilarious because nobody got it and i reposted it to my instagram story like hey this is like hilarious thinking people would get it and everyone's like no that's not fair that's totally cheating this sounds suspect ah, i don't think that should count uh, like are you gonna go get it back i'm like <laughs> guys it's a staged photo of a guy in front of a a NASCAR wrapped with a Fort Worth police department livery. And like the second photo of the fuel cells was from our buddy, Jacob's AMC javelin. Like (laughs) what? Like, come on. Anyone like, yeah. Police department is going to go out. Code three across the country and break the Cannonball record. Like, they have such strict regulations about using lights and sirens just even in their regular police duty. I'm like, come on, people. Anyway, so huge prop of the week to the Lincoln County Police Department Facebook page, because it's not a real police department. Um, (laughs)
2: Lincoln County. We've all been there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I grew up in Lincoln County, Maine, so... I think I can't remember what county. Anyway, um, <clears throat> there is a Lincoln County, Maine. So, anyway, great, great sense of humor those guys over there. Um, with that, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you especially for joining us tonight and staying with us. Uh, apparently, it wasn't the uh, wasn't the storm and lack of cell service that was the glitches tonight. It was. <laughs> It was us. User error. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, anyway, More like pilot uh, stick error, around afterwards. <laughs> We're going to do a quick bonus round of Tip Talk. Get to your questions for the live uh, live viewers here. Uh, so thank you to our sponsors, BoxCast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, Parallel Printworks, and Stephen Holmord Working. Thank you to our producer, Ethan Huffnangle, and our ad McMahon, Tyler Sanders. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream the full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available next Monday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out switchcast.live to find resources to download the podcast and catch up on old episodes and view blog posts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life.